We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andres Hale. It's been an eventful weekend, to say the least. Last week, first and foremost, I want to thank everyone for showing support for our episode, our Fighting for Justice episode, where we talked about everything surrounding uh, the George Floyd protest, his death, and his untimely murder, should I say, I'm not even going to say death, him being murdered, and everything has gone along with that but that being said a lot has happened since we posted that on friday so we have a lot to talk about in that regard also of course we're talking combat sports where we'll recap ufc vegas talk about the upcoming ufc 51 that's happening this weekend also we'll talk a little bit about boxing because it's been announced that it'll be back next tuesday with Shakur Stevenson, so we'll touch on that briefly as well on this episode. Um, but first, Dre, I feel like a shot, I got my drink, is in order because Jason Whitlock's ass is gone. I, I was wondering why we didn't hear any shucking and jiving today on the television, but Uncle Ruckus, at the moment, doesn't have a platform. And you know what? I will toast to his demise. Toast to you. 
Yeah, see, I'm not toasting his demise because he's going to be back. And, you know, if this direct-to-consumer approach is true that he's talking about, which will be similar maybe to Bill Simmons' The Ringer or something like that, man, shit. Yeah. Not it's not in my it. face. It, it's, it's gone for me. Like, it's hard to ignore FS1. Um, yeah. Especially like we were at the boxing event and he has a full stage. And then he asked Tyson Fury a question that infuriates him. And then obviously you ask the question later. So those type of moments, that stuff is gone. He's now gone to me because direct to consumer, honestly, that's just direct racist. I'm fine. He's just going to be giving his stupid ass you know, anti-black, self-loathing hot takes to people who really want to hear them. And that's not me. So it's way better to be on a major platform that I can't, I can't ignore. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I'm happy to see his ass gone. It's a bright spot in a cloudy-ass weekend. Uh, fact of the matter is, is that Whitlock's not done. And it's not a fear, but, uh, you know, he could have a platform like a Candace Owens moving forward. Who I had a run-in with on Twitter this weekend. Oh, I was ready for that. Um, but, yeah, I, you know. It's Jason Whitlock, man. He's he's a clown. He's always going to be a clown, and he's going to be a clown on another platform. He'll probably have a deal with with Spotify or something like that, where he's doing his podcast and just he's a disgusting oh, Spotify. Man. Don't do hey. it, Spotify. Don't do it. <laughs> There's money there, man. That look. For those who don't know, obviously, I've been tweeting through all of this this past weekend. Try to lay off a little bit yesterday, but I think the other day. Uh, Candace Owens posted something about the autopsy saying that he had like heart issues and some kind of intoxication led to his death and I I was like get your head out your ass because it doesn't matter the moment that George Floyd said I can't breathe and loses consciousness as a police officer you need to provide help that's your job that is your job so all that shit you're doing is rabble rousing cut it out and she responded to me told me to take a Xanax and learn how to read and yeah <laughs> Like, dude, and the, and the wolves came for her after that. Because she doesn't really respond to a whole lot of people, but she responded to me. And I've been waiting. And I used that meme, too, the Joe Budden meme. I was, if there was ever a time for it, it was right <laughs> then and there. I've been waiting. Oh, yeah. People like her and Jason Whitlock, what I've come to realize with them is they couldn't cut it being black and talking black issues to black people. So they had to... Which I do believe they believe some of it. Candace Owens, I think, is a, it was a big fraud because she had the discrimination case like in college and all that shit. I think she's a huge fraud. But I do think they try to believe this to a certain degree and they create this character because it makes them infinitely more money because they suck at their job as regular people. So they got to be the extreme individual. And Whitlock sucks at his job. Like I, I told you, like you guys know, I had a run-in with him when he said the KC Star. And he's not like that great of a writer. He's an okay writer. It's not that great. But... Nobody checks for his sports takes anymore. They see what ridiculous thing Jason Woodlock's going to say. So he's going to make a platform out of that. So cool. But I'm on your head, buddy. You can't get away from me. <laughs> I'm on your head. So don't say anything stupid because you still have social media. I will find you and destroy you. <laughs> At least I'll try to. It's not like he can run. No. So it's not, not a hard man to, to catch. Uh, nah, yeah, man. So that's a, a little bit of a bright spot. To this weekend um finding out that news is very interesting but then of course we've seen just 
a continuation of what we talked about on Friday with the protests. It is stretched outside of Minnesota. It stretched to just cities all over the world, not just the United States. I just saw a video of Israel Adesanya down in New Zealand uh, during a Black Lives Matter march, taking the mic. He always speaks up, you know, but he's being about it. We see people here from the NBA going out, um, hitting the streets. J. Cole was down in the Ville. He was out there with the people. You, you see this happening all over now. And what are we on? Day three? Day four, people's voices continue to be heard. The crowds are more diverse. There's You look in the peace, peaceful protest, there's a lot of those videos out there. You know, a lot of people like to say like, oh, media won't show you this. Like, no, I, I see equal amounts. I do like seeing people get slept as well. Like the one black dude who slept the guy for, slept on one punch, bang, right hand for yelling racial shit at him. But I also like seeing a peaceful protest and, you know, there's a lot of white people, a lot of Spanish people, a lot of black people, everyone together. There's good videos out there. A lot of people's voices are being heard. And uh, I saw a Martin Luther King video, um, not like one of these stupid propaganda things where people are misusing his voice, but actual footage from like uh, one of his speeches down in Washington and they panned to the crowd. It was a ton of white people with the black people. It got to a point where everyone was fed up. It's nice to see, like, okay, our generation is getting that. It's it's kind of a rallying act for a, a lot of people, so that's nice to see. But then, you know, there's the flip sides with the, the rioting and the looting. So we've seen a lot over this past weekend. What is your takeaway now that we've kind of, like, had some time to sit down? Like you said, you had a little bit of time to breathe yesterday. What is your takeaway from these protests? Is it still serving its purpose? Um, yeah, well, first and foremost, yeah, I took some time to breathe yesterday, and I ended up watching, like, three episodes of the uh, Epstein documentary on Netflix, and I just realized, like, white people get away with everything. Like, that, like, I was watching it, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, if, for those of you who haven't seen it, like, if you know anything about Epstein, if you don't know anything about Epstein, you're in for a treat, because holy shit. Um, so I watched that until I fell asleep, and then I woke up, and I'm back at it again. Um, but... I actually just had a conversation with uh, Kelly Swanson. If anybody knows who Kelly Swanson is, she was Mayweather's publicist and a few other people's publicists. We had this conversation. She's a white woman. She lives in uh, Brooklyn. She, was, she lived in Buffalo for a long time. And she asked a question to me and because uh, we just talked Ken Lynch. And she asked, where the fuck did all these white people come from? <laughs> and I thought it was, it's a very real question because I asked the same thing because I was looking at the... Uh, protests and the riots well the well see i'll call this part a riot in pennsylvania and i didn't see any black people like robbing these like busting up these stores or we've seen lots of videos where we see white people get ready to do shit and you see black people like nope don't know you don't know you either like what are you doing so i have a concern now that it, you know, these aren't like Fox. I was watching Fox News. So I flipped back and forth just to get the duality of the conversations. And Laura Ingram was like, you know, black people destroying the communities. And I was like, y'all got to cut that narrative the fuck out. It's not true. Because what I'm looking at is, yes, there are black people looting. OK, it happens. Right. It's collateral damage. It's not right. But there are opportunities to take advantage of these situations. We'd be dumb to say that it doesn't exist. But what I'm seeing is white people looting the van store 
and these random other stores and being destructive and smashing things. And it's like, I know some of you are allies. I know this. Like, I look and I say, okay, I know these people are down for the cause, but some of y'all are opportunists. And when I saw, like, the Logan Paul and Jake Paul video. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yo, come on, man. You're not out here fighting for justice. You're not out here doing it for us because you're not helping us. And when I see that, that's my concern. Like, yes, the destruction, the damage, the peaceful protests, the swell of people everywhere is important because it's what is getting America to pay attention. Now, I have to note that we're recording this as Trump is in the World's Garden giving his speech. And it seems like he's advocating for more violence against protesters from, like, the military and cops. So by the time you hear this, like this could even escalate even further, but it's not helping when you see these people mixed in. And plus, because you have uh, coronavirus going on, everybody's got a mask on. So you really don't know who is who. And it's kind of like infiltration. And I don't know who these people are. And it becomes dangerous. So I think we've done a lot of good. Like uh, if anybody watched CNN the other day when the Minnesota sheriff uh, condemned those cops involved with George Floyd. He, t- he spoke to the family, which was like a really touching moment, which lets you know that there are cops out there who don't condone these kind of acts. You yep. know, and if, if, if you do speak up, yes, well, like we should applaud you for speaking up. Uh, so there is a lot of good being done. But, man, I, I'll never say, I'm not the one to say, like, this is not doing anything. I don't do that shit because it actually does something. Like, the L.A. riots are remembered because they destroyed shit and people were heard. I don't, yeah. I'm not one of those people that are going to go out there and destroy things, but I understand. Just like that, well, I understand the situation where the, the black folks were riding by and the white dude called them the N-word with a hard E-R. And I was like, in this climate? Oh, yeah, you deserve it. Any other time, somebody might have talked him off the ledge like, don't punch him, he's being an idiot. But at that particular time, you deserve to get punched in the face. So, yeah. So anybody who listens to the show is like, man, I mean, we're going to talk about this with like celebrities and entertainers who are all lives mattering this shit or stop protesting or like using Martin Luther King quotes that aren't real and like attributing them to him. Like, you guys got to chill because, yeah, I get it. You, you're, this is not your battle in your head. And you're like, well, I'm not a racist and I'm not even calling you a racist. I think we got to stop doing that as well. We can't call people that say all lives matter are not necessarily racist. They are racially insensitive. And those are two completely different things. But this isn't your battle. And clearly you don't understand. So sometimes you just got to sit back and be quiet. And I hope that we are able to kind of control the people that we don't know that are in these protests and causing damage. Because some of it doesn't make any sense. Only because I know your ass isn't here doing this because you want justice. You're just trying to cause anarchy, and that is not yep. going to help anybody. Yeah, you you want something for your Snapchat, for your Instagram. You want something, you know, just to be out there for a photo op or just to say you were there and have no clue the reason behind it. And then you see, you know, there's video of John Jones taking spray paint away from two young white teenagers in Albuquerque who's trying to spray paint shit. And it's just like, why are you doing this? And then he takes it, they give it up, and they run away. And you look, there's there's a lot of that going on in a lot of cities. And most of the videos I've seen, people looting, rioting, 
and uh, I forgot what news station it was in what city, but the woman's walking out, which is handfuls of shit, white woman. And they're like, oh, an employee's exiting. Yes, that's like, some shit right there. Yeah, like, how the fuck do you think she's an employee? In the middle of looting, she decided to go to work and save this for her company to bring it back the next day? No, she's stealing shit too. So just, it, it's crazy to see these things. A lot of things I've seen are, yeah, it's some. a lot of them are, you know, white people, not the black people protesting or whatever. And that could be a point of, we still have that inherent fear. Like, these are still looting, and you're still out in the streets and rioting, but there's that inherent fear that, you know what, the cops might kill me for this. So maybe I got to chill. Some white people don't have that inherent fear. <laughs> so they just go, oh, we're rioting? I'm stealing everything. Fuck it. So, but we've seen those instances still, and that's the next thing to talk about, is now the police force, and as Trump is talking, and like you said, seems like he's advocating for more force. Uh, I see a quote here. He wants the military deployed into cities to dominate the streets with an overwhelming law enforcement presence. Like, we, we've seen these things. New York, NYPD driving through crowds. I believe down in Atlanta, they tased a black man in his car, snatched the girl he was with, could be his wife, could be his girlfriend, whatever, out the car, tased him five times just in his whip while he puts his hands on the steering wheel. Multiple people of all nationalities, races, everything, hit in the face with rubber bullets, losing eyes. Because cops want to shoot people in the face with a rubber bullet. What the hell is that going to do? Like, you can't aim anywhere lower than the neck. Like, blatantly shooting people in the face with rubber bullets. The misuse of force is just continuing and escalating. And somehow, and I don't want to say it's not getting enough coverage because it's getting coverage. But the escalation by officers, by this president, is eminent. And that's what started all of this. The, the use of force, we're, we don't even have time necessarily to dive into the autopsy reports. Family just had to go and get their own. That shit says something completely different. So just the blatant misuse of force, like we are stupid. And cops continuing to do it over during a protest that started because of that misuse of force. It seems like that isn't changing fast enough. And if they have the audacity to do it now... It's hard to imagine when they're not going to have the audacity to do so unless shit really changes and they can be held accountable. Yeah. Again, man, we're in a situation where, like, nothing's going to change overnight. So you take these officers, and while there are some good, there are obviously are some who are pieces of shit. Let's just call it what it is. And when you give them a license to kill, like the looter shooters tweet, but now when you have Trump out there saying to dominate the streets, those words are important. Dominate the streets. Dominate? Fuck are you talking about? What do you why do you need to dominate the streets? There you can control the crowd, right? But you can incite and instigate a situation based on your actions as an officer. And I've seen a lot of videos where officers are just angry. You don't know why? Because they're people. And they're scared and they're not tra trained properly for these situations. They probably shouldn't be out there. But they are. And when they're out there, they don't know what to do. Because they, like, just like a lot of the officers that have shot black people did it out of fear. Like, don't get it confused. A lot of people say, well, they, they're racist. What a, they did it out of fear because of the image of the black man. And they just shot him. Yeah. And some of them are just ultra aggressive. And that's a fear thing as well. So when they see something like this, and imagine, 
It's not just one black person. It's a lot of them. So they, so, and then you, you have a, a president who's telling you, dominate them. And I'm scared. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm scared because the image of the black man is, I have this inherent fear of that individual. And I'm surrounded by them and a bunch of white people. But I'm surrounded by all these people who are rightfully upset with us. Right? But then your president says, dominate them. And out of fear, you know how they say, like, you, you fight the best when you're scared? That's mm-hmm. what these cops are doing. They're, like, reckless abandoned, firing tear gas at protesters that aren't doing anything. Shooting rubber bullets, missing the mark because they're human. They're not RoboCop. They're not trained properly. So officers are instigating situations, and it's tough because you have to understand there's two sides of this. You have to understand that people are going to be upset. And I'm not saying the cops should allow destruction and damage to happen, but I kind of am as well. Some shit, you just got to say, you know what? You can have that. That building right there, fuck it. Tear it up. You're mad. Here you go. You know, it's like Amsterdam in the wire. Like what Bundy <laughs> Colvin tried to create. It's like you gotta, you have to allow these people to vent their frustrations. Because if you try to police them in the middle of the frustrations that are justified, all you're going to get is a negative reaction. It's not even a negative reaction. It's the reaction you should expect. If you poke a bear so many times and then you get bit by the bear, you don't blame the fucking bear. You kept poking the bear. You poke, you've been poking at us for all these years. With all these murders. And now it's reached this peak. And now it's like, okay, you have to police the streets and make sure innocent people don't get hurt. Because that's the last thing we want to see is innocent people get hurt. Fair. Make a line. Don't cross this line. Yeah, let them yell at you because, yeah, you guys deserve it. That's what happens. You're a team. Team blue wall. Take it. Take these bottles. You got shields and shit. You're fine. But once you start pressing and your president tells you, it's cool. Because, you know, the president is basically going to tell whoever he can, if he can, because he doesn't realize his power and where he doesn't have jurisdiction, I'll get you out of jail. Because that's the next thing the president is going to say. Don't worry about <laughs> being in trouble. Mr. Trump will save you. But you're empowering these people to act stupid. And it ain't going to get no better because we don't fuck with the police no way. Now? Come on, man. They got to chill. The cops got to chill. And the good ones, I mean, hopefully y'all can do something. If any law enforcement are listening to this show and... You're suiting up to get out there and just, you know, kissing your kids and hoping that everything goes well. I'm with you. But the one is like, but you have to check those ones that suck. You got to find those individuals. You got to, we got to get them out of there. Fuck that blue wall of silence. It's gone too far. Yeah, the shit's just crazy. And keeping an eye on this Trump shit, like the quotes are just baffling. So that's, it's just, it's ridiculous. As we record this, the stuff just keeps playing out. And, uh, you know, it kind of just continues to get worse with the dumb shit that he says out of his mouth. All right, we'll get back to the show in one second. But first, there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. 
Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. The other thing we have to talk about, though, which you mentioned it earlier, was the reaction by not just celebs, because I think we touched on a lot of celeb reactions last time, but the reactions in combat sports and how people have been speaking up or not speaking up against what is going on. So I'll start going down the list. Randy Orton. (laughs) Randy Orton said Black Lives Matter, and I damn near fell out of my seat. And this go, next thing, if Taker puts out a video saying Black Lives Matter, I'm fucking losing it. Because that, that's when you know shit has hit the fan. But Randy Orton came out and said, all lives won't matter until Black Lives Matter. And I was like, this one, like, I, I don't know what happened during that match he had at WrestleMania. But again, just hit in the head and knocked out must have reset everything because it was one of the most thoughtful things I've heard from him. And to see someone drastically change their position shows that all of this is not for nothing. Because if you can turn five people's opinions, it's worth it, let alone the amount of people now that are seeing the problem. So many of my colleagues, people who I work with at ESPN, people that I just know reaching out to me, saying they want to learn more, white people that I know, who have been cool from the jump, but saying, you know what? I still don't understand white privilege. Yo, you got any book recommendations? You got time to talk? What can we do? Where can I give my time, my money? How can I be more informed? And it's like, this shit is working the way it's supposed to. Yes, you got to rebuild a target in the Starbucks. Fucking, I'm not sorry. But it's doing the job it's supposed to be doing. And I think Randy Orton is just one of those examples that we see in in combat sports and in pro wrestling where you can see you know what this is making at least a dent of a change yeah and i want to take a step back and then dive back into randy orton and some of these other fighters um i think i don't know if we recorded this when this happened but taylor swift went out on twitter and had her statement and got a you know condemning trump for his actions and you know saying we're going to vote you out in november and people went nuts and retweeted it, got a ton of traction, and Lil Wayne the same day said his dumb shit. Ah, you know, that's on them, basically. It's your fault. I'm not part of that. And I had that tweet. You know, I think we might have talked about it. And the situation is when somebody like Taylor, because people, somebody, a bunch of people was like, you're looking for white allies, and they don't fuck with you. And I'm like, dog, you don't understand how this game works. You, they're all skin folk ain't your kin folk. And it's true. Mm-hmm. And, and there are people who are your allies who completely understand, even if they don't understand what it's like to be black, but they completely understand that this shit is wrong. And I've received so many messages from people, white people, who have said, thank you for tweeting the things that you're tweeting and thank you for kind of educating on this situation because I had to see it through a different lens because I didn't get it. And this is where I'm going to get to with Randy Orton. But, uh, when you see somebody like Taylor Swift, you can't get mad at her for saying it or you can't assume that she's doing it for likes or all these other things because she doesn't have to do it at all. She doesn't. Let's be honest. Taylor Swift doesn't need our purchases. She doesn't need our records. Like, she doesn't need the black audience. She's fine. And if she tweets something like this, you should appreciate it. 
because she didn't have to and it's making some kind of noise like even a kim kardashian if she says something you got to appreciate that you can still think she's whack but that aspect of it is important so when you look at somebody like randy orton who was talking about colin kaepernick standing up for the anthem and i guess he realized shit we should just let him take a knee you know what I'm saying? Like, if we let him take a knee now, I see why he's taking a knee. Like, I'm looking at this shit. People change their perspective once they see it more and more. And Randy Orton seems like a person who's maybe seeing it in a different light. The flip side of this is the statements that have been released by the likes of Michael Jordan, Nike, Adidas. I feel like there's another side of this that they feel pressured to ride the wave. So they're now outcasts. So they say things like Black Lives Matter. And it's like, where the fuck were you, like, a week ago? Where were yeah. you when, you know, because like, it's not George Floyd. Like, Breonna Taylor and Amanda Arbery was just the past 45 days that with this thing, these things came to light. Y'all didn't say shit. I've been saying things about these things all the time. And I know other people have as well. And I know some people needed to be brought to the light in order to speak up. But I know there's some people that are very disingenuous because when this ends, where are you going to be? So I always pose that question. It's like, I appreciate you, Taylor Swift. I appreciate you, Randy Orton. But once these protests end or they start to dip a little bit in the next week, because it's going to happen, nobody's going to have that same energy, where are you going to be then? What are you going to do to help? And it, it doesn't have to be, you know, a lot of people want, like, Randy Orton to, like, wear a Black Lives Matter armband on bra. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that'd be great, but let's be realistic here. There's other ways that you can help. A simple tweet helps. A simple... Yep. You know, you do an interview and you don't get, like, if somebody asks you the question, instead of saying, you know, I'm not political, I don't talk about those things. No, you address it. You say it's, it's wrong for humans to do that kind of shit to humans and to find out that you're doing this because they're black is wrong. You can say that. It's not even political. It's a human rights violation that's exasperated because it happens at a ridiculous rate to African Americans. You can say that. And that helps because it looks like we have allies. And we need allies because the only way the laws are going to change is when people change. And we need those people to change. So when I see Randy Orton saying that on Twitter, he doesn't have to. And he did. I would like to hold him accountable and hopefully that when he's needed, and I'm not saying like, go march, but hopefully he realizes like, this ain't it, bro. We set a, a trial to do. We set laws to change. How are you going to help? So we'll see. But don't condemn them when they say, I see way too many people. He's just doing it for the likes. Maybe, but he doesn't have to. So at least yeah. accept it and appreciate it because he just—he really didn't have to do it. Because there's so many wrestlers who ain't saying shit. No, every voice counts. And when people are like, "Well, you know, sometimes if you're not going out and protesting, you're not doing anything." Like, oh, if you're not, oh, if you're not really about it, if you're not out, to, yo, everything helps. A tweet spreading the word if you can't go out if you want to go out and protest protest if you're out there if you want a peaceful protest if you want to loot if you want to do anything to get your message across and spread the general message that we all have that this is enough and you're doing it in your way go and do it and that's what it comes down to some of us would love to be out there i wish there was protests here closer to the house i can't go all the way down to new york because my three kids are still here with me but trust, I considered driving them down, asking my grandma to watch them, driving down into Brooklyn. I was going to go to Harlem because my family's in Harlem, park at my family's crib, hit Harlem, find one and protest over there. If this shit is still going by the weekend, Friday, 
I'm out there. So it's it's one of those things like, yeah, all of us is not easy to just go out, hit the streets and protest. Obviously, you you know, you you got your daughter, all this stuff, the Vegas protests downtown. It's still a coronavirus. Like right. there's there's a lot of shit still going on. But we can still do what we can from where we are. Everyone can do a little part. And those little parts all add up. You yeah. touch I I don't like seeing the shaming. Of, yo, you got to do zero or you got to do 100. Isn't that what we just crushed Lil Wayne for saying on Friday? When we talked about celebs and shit? Like, yo, if I'm not going to go and be out there and do all this shit, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, like, that's a that's a ludicrous fucking stance. Because 5%, 10% is better than 0%. If everyone just did that, it stacks up. It, it's the it, It's kind of what got Trump elected. Like, yo, I, I don't like either of these candidates. I'm not going to vote at all. Or I'm going to go in there and write someone's stupid-ass name down. Like SpongeBob SquarePants or something. That'll show them. Like, no, that doesn't do anything. Educate yourself. See who you want to vote for and then make an educated decision. The all-or-nothing mentality is as fucked up as is just pretty much being on the Trump side of things. Yeah. It's okay to be like, yo, I, I'm not educated. I got to educate myself, but I will do something. I will give to something. Let me educate and see where I want to give. Let me just read a book. Let me, let me see what the hell right, white privilege is. Stuff on the smallest level helps. So that's crazy here. Randy Orton obviously got that memo. Then we look on the flip side and we have Cody Rhodes, which to me, I still haven't seen like the super deep proof in this, but the internet accused him of having burner accounts and, and being like kind of MAGA Cody Rhodes and kind of giving this facade of caring about Black Lives Matter and unity and diversity. To, to me, the company that he started has diversity. Whether they've used these people to their full capabilities, then that can be said about any wrestling company, right? Like some people get pushed, some people don't. I, I can't really attribute that necessarily towards like a facade. I, I don't know where I stand with the Cody Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes whole idea and why people were flooding them and getting crushed on, on the internet. Yeah, see, this one is, is weird to me because when I see the Cody Rhodes thing, I'm looking for proof, and I'm not going to condemn you until you have proof. And to yep. accuse of somebody of a burner account, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I need to see something before I go out and jump out on a limb and just start saying, yo, he's a racist, da da da, da. Now, Brandy, she had posted something which... In a way, I kind of understand, but there's always, like, read the room. I think a lot of the people just don't understand how to read the room. And she talked about how she was, like, bullied for not being black enough, and she never fit in, and, you know, they are attacking me. And she got really emotional in, like, a post. And for me, it was, like, wrong time, wrong place. Because, yeah, maybe you do feel that way because you married a white man. You know, maybe, you, you know, people say that you're not black enough. Yeah, that shit, it happens, right? It does happen. That's fine. It, We've all heard that. <laughs> We've all been Every there. Single like, like, yeah. I've been there. Like it, it happens. But the the way that we attack people, like cancel culture, for instance, or when we tell people it's over, we ain't fucking with you because you said something. It's ridiculous because the only way that we can actually change anything is to recognize when somebody's just not being blatantly racist, and there may be a misunderstanding. Or they did something in bad taste, 
and you give them a learning moment and you find out whether they can accept that learning moment, then you go, okay, cool, we can help this one. Like, <laughs> if anybody's seen the movie Drop Squad, it's a movie that I loved, as cheesy as it was from like 1994, Spike Lee executive produced, I can't remember who directed it. But uh, it was about reprogramming black people who've been whitewashed. That was like the Drop Squad theme. And I wish they make it in 2020, I would love to write this film. Uh, Spike, if you're out there, you're not listening to this podcast, but yeah, I want to do Drop Squad 2020. But the idea here is that you can't just cancel people. You can't just say, Cody might have a burner account. I'm not supporting AEW. What? That's not going to get anything done. Instead, mm-hmm. you find ways to challenge them. It's like, oh, is this true? And find out. And then you, f- you give them a learning moment. It's like, Brandy, listen. You may feel that way, but can you understand how it's offensive for you to say that in this particular climate that you're saying black people, yeah, maybe they did. Maybe those people where you're fr- you are from, that maybe they did. But every black person isn't going to attack you for marrying a white man. There's a lot of interracial relationships out there, and there's a lot of people that are still down for the cause. So it's not that. And, you know, it's, I think it's very funny when people are out here going, I ain't fucking with AEW, and you turn back to WWE where Vince McMahon is like an avid Trump supporter? Come on, guys. <laughs> like, come on. Like, do we know where, Vin- like, Linda McMahon was in Trump's can- candidate? Vince McMahon was here to help <laughs> boost the economy? And you're going to condemn AEW? Like I said, canceling is very convenient, right? When you don't fuck with AEW, it's easy to cancel them. But you ain't going to do that yep. shit to WWE. And if you do both, cool. We have no conversation here. But <laughs> if you are turning on Raw tonight and supporting a Vince McMahon product, because, like, I watch it. Like, let's just, like, Dana White, we cover UFC. I'd watch the UFC because of the fighters, not necessarily what they represent. So if you're canceling AEW because of what one man said, because Tony Khan, who I've met a few times and have talked to, he seems like a pretty cool guy. And he seems like a guy that's down for the cause. Like, he seems, like, very supportive of, of the movement. I'm not going to just throw the entire company and everybody who works there under the bus because oh. I feel like Cody Rhodes may or may not have a burner account that you think he's MAGA. That's a lot, guys. Chill out. Yeah. And we have friends there that, I mean, you can't tell me that Big Swole is having any of this shit. Dude, you know? like, yes. I'm not throwing a whole company out the window. I know what Swole is about. I, I know Nyla. I, I know Sonny. All these people, private party, they were standing on stage with us talking about these very issues. So, no, we, we have people there. We know what they're about. Everyone in the locker room does not have the same beliefs. And I feel like it's okay to call people out individually. Like, Chris Jericho showed his ass. Yes, he did. I may not fuck with Jericho. See? Like, that's, that's real. I, don't, I got proof of that. My thing with Jericho is, is, like, he's all lives matter in this shit, but then he's saying, like, end racism, Right? And this is where I feel like with somebody like Jericho, there's a teachable moment here if the right person sits him down. Because he's, I don't think he's malicious. I don't think he's like F black. Like he's looking at it through a white lens who doesn't understand. And he's just kind of going, well, no, all lives matter. And it's like, yo, Chris, you're right. All lives do matter. Like all houses matter except for that fucking house that's on fire. That house matters more right now. So all houses don't matter at this particular moment. And somebody has to give him that moment because I don't think that Jericho is malicious in his intent. Ill-advised, yes. Offensive because of the way he's trying to frame it, yes. He needs to apologize. But this isn't like a cancel moment. This isn't like, again, you guys know me. I don't believe in canceling. This is like I ain't fucking with you no more moment. Because if I'm still watching Vince McMahon, like, come on, man. 
It's Undertaker. Yeah. Undertaker is blue lives mattering. Don't tread on me. <laughs> All through his documentary, like this is who I am. I'm sure Brock Lesnar don't really fuck with black folks like that. I've heard a lot of things about Brock. We support it. So look with Jericho. I think he can be reprogrammed. I think he can be sat down. I don't by think the right he's people. racist. I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't. He's think insensitive. He's, he's racist. He, he's saying the wrong things, and he needs to be checked. Yeah. That's it. But I can. But and dude, <laughs> we check family members all the time for saying shit out of the side of the neck, but they still family. We check friends yep. all the time. You'd be like, yo, I w- I would fight you because you said something stupid in my presence, but we can still be cool as long as you're able to recognize. Like, listen, we have two different point of views. Here's mine. Are you willing to listen? If you're not, then fuck you. But I feel like Jericho's willing to listen. Yeah, it's all about the teachable moments. I, I think I was here with Elena last night. We we're chilling. One of her family members or like, you know, grow up like, oh, we're cousins because they lived on like the same block forever type of things. Like, uh, it was like, yo, messenger. I was like, yo, I'm unfriending you because Elena said that one of her posts on Facebook, uh, one of her, her cousin's posts on Facebook was like racially insensitive. It was like on some Blue Lives Matter shit. And the lady called her out on it. And she like unfriended her from all platforms. And I was like, well, fuck it. A lady texted me. It was like, yo, unfriend her. I was like, I don't think I'm her friend anyway. She's like, good. I was like, cool. Like, don't sweat off my back. And But then again, a different one of her family members said some shit on my comment section. And I used it as a teachable moment. Like you said. And that shit ended with, okay, I got you. And I was like, all right, cool. Boom. End of it. I didn't have to block him. Didn't have to unfriend him. Cool beans. Do I think he's going to completely understand white privilege and all that? No. But I I get what he was saying. He had a personal vendetta about something when he grew up, when he was like 11 years old. And it turned into him believing some stupid shit Trump says. That like the media is out to get people and fake news. Like, that's, that's something that pissed me off through this whole thing, Dre. Like, understand it's, like, race stuff and all this. But, like, media members getting arrested, all this stuff. I've been posting a lot about that because that's also fucking ridiculous. And infringing upon, like, the, the media's rights is a very big thing with me. Like, I it really bothers me to no end. So, like, when people say fake news, I'm almost at the cost of, like, yo, we could throw hands. Because at this point, you're, like, endangering me. Like, I worked at news stations for three and a half years. I work still in the media, large media corporation. Like, if I'm out covering something, I'm not providing fake news. I worked for the news fucking station for three years. We didn't make stuff up. The only thing made up is the term fake news by this fucking idiot president. Yeah. And he has you guys being super puff, puffed out chests calling fake news. And, uh, yeah, it gets to the point where, y'all, if we got to toss hands, we got to toss hands over fake news shit. So he said that in my comments and I lost it. But, teachable moment. I, it would have been different if we would have said some like racist shit in my comments. That might have been like, a, "All right, fuck you, you got to get out of here." But this was like some fake news, just stupid stuff. So yeah, there's teachable moments within it without canceling. So that's a great point. Um, I was shocked to see someone like John Jones go out, hit the streets, and use his voice because we talked about this on this show several times. Like John, where are you? Like why aren't you saying it? Like where you don't really dip your toe into that and we talked about Cormier in a sense as well both guys spoke out this week about this yeah I mean the thing is again this is where I talk about like seeing it when it's like the hot topic and I'm not saying that they're necessarily riding the wave but 
I feel like John and DC have both seen this. And they go, yeah, you know what? I am black, too. So, shit, this is kind of fucked up. So maybe I should say something and do something. I don't know where they'll be in, like, two weeks. Um, but at least they're doing something and saying something like John going out there and, you know, stopping guys from, you know, destroying property. It's weird because then they, I saw articles like linking it with Chuck Liddell. And I was like, eh. all right. Like, I don't know if this is the same thing, but go for it. But there's a – these black fighters recognize that, yeah, it could be you or your kids or somebody and black people aren't like a monolith like we all don't believe in the same things we all don't date the same people marry the same women or marry men or whatever we want to do with our lives like we don't enjoy the same things like we vote for different reasons some based on public or some based on personal uh financial interests like we all have different things but at the end of the day when you're seeing somebody getting killed it resonates with a lot of people that are black because they go shit i just watched a man die that for nothing because if you take race out of it, let's just say you just take race completely out of this. What do you have? A cop sitting on a guy until he dies for a forgery, a, a counterfeit $20 bill. Blue, yep. white, green, brown. It's a human rights violation. Now, what takes it up a notch? He's black. And we've seen way too many situations with black people. And you know what people that are black look at? It's like, man, again? Again? But at the core, it's a human rights violation. So when somebody like John Jones or DC speak up, I think they see it at its core. This isn't a situation where you can go, they're discriminating against me because I'm black. Or, you know, I think that this might happen. No, you saw it. You saw every ounce of it. So, you know, kudos to John for getting out there doing whatever he's doing. Hopefully he does more. Same with DC. I've talked on this podcast candidly about my interactions with them and their unwillingness and necessarily to speak on black issues, which I'm about to talk about in a second. We're going to talk about Floyd Mayweather. So some guys aren't built for the front lines or any lines at all. But I think at the core with this, it's like it's gotten to rise out of somebody. And what we have to do is we have to embrace them. And a teachable moment. This is why, John, use your platform to speak up if you care. This is why, DC, like you both have mixed kids, right? But this is America. Those kids aren't... I've seen them kids. Them kids ain't passing for white. So use this moment. Let us help you help yourself. Because you, you still have kids that are going to be identified as black. Even if they don't identify... Even if they're pulling a Michael Porter Jr. I'm biracial. You look black, brother. Doesn't matter. Cops pull you over. They're not going, hey, Michael, which side do you want? They don't do all that. They don't care. Well, my mom's white. They don't give a shit. My grandmother was white. <laughs> Nobody looks at me and goes, yeah, he's probably got white in his family. doesn't happen. I'm black. So we got to use those moments. So, yeah, props to John and DC for stepping out there. Just keep up the momentum. Don't go away. One thing, because I had to do this for work this morning, I'm going through. I'm looking for examples in the boxing community of people speaking out. They are few and far between. One mind come one name comes to mind specifically and because this is our platform to talk and I don't care that I you know have to work around this person or whatever and I'll ask this the next time I see him is where is Deontay Wilder? Because you put on a fifty pound Black Lives Matter, Black History Month suit and came out to some real black shit music wise and took an ass whooping for these theatrics but now when it's really time to lend your voice to get out there, not, I just I just want to know where you're at. I'm not saying that he's not doing anything. If you're doing it in the background, 
that's cool. I'm going to just ask you about it. But I, I need to know where he's at. Because he was very loud with that suit and glowing red eyes and a black crown. You want to be a black king? Where Where are we? Where are you? That's a tough one, man. I mean, this is the conversation I was having with Kelly. It's like, you, you want people... To, to step up and say something until they say something. And then you go, hmm, that wasn't what I was expecting. And in somebody's case, like Deontay <laughs> Wilder, you, yes, he is, he seems very uh, committed to African Americans yep. in this country. But we also know that Deontay Wilder is not the most eloquent speaker in the world. Very so true. when it comes to Deontay, maybe he's uncomfortable, like just jumping out there and just saying something because maybe he doesn't know what to say. I just need a post. Retweet the LeBron shit. Like, dude, the black background, four words. I'm not looking for, like, some grandiose thing. Radio silence bothers me. Because everyone, my son can formulate a sentence. My daughter has shit on her Instagram constantly. The past three days, just memes. And she's 12, about to be 13, my middle daughter, on her Instagram. Like, it, it, you have a sixth grade education. That's what grade she's in, going to seventh. Like, you can post a meme. I, I don't get the radio silence when, when being super pro-black is your stance. I, I don't want to call it a gimmick. But when you don't say stuff in times like this, it could be a gimmick. I Something. I, dude, no? It's, it, nah, I can't tell somebody when when to speak. I can't tell somebody, like, I want you to speak. I could get pissed that Jordan didn't speak. I but mean, even then, that was never his M.O. back in the 90s. Well, like the when it's your M.O., like, you set yourself up for people to be looking at you. Well, the situation with, like, somebody like Michael Jordan, I don't think it was so much about him not talking until he said Republicans buy sneakers, too, and that became the thing, right? So when you look mm -hmm. at somebody like Deontay, who hasn't posted anything in the past week, so... He might be trying to collect himself to figure out what to say. Because in, in the day and era of social media, it's instant access to everything. And whoever jumps out quick jumps out first. We, people didn't have that back in the day. Like, you can collect your thoughts to figure out what to say. And now we want to rush people out to say something. Now, I will say this. If too much time passes, you do absolutely nothing. And you post, like, a picture of, like, your motorcycle or something. Yeah, then we got an issue. Because it's like, well, where, where's all the energy that we need? But I don't know what Deontay's going through. I don't know what he's trying to figure out. There are a few people that we haven't heard from. And it doesn't mean we won't hear from them. It's just maybe they're trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. And strategizing is key because you can't just run out here and just start running your mouth and saying things. And especially somebody like Deontay Wilder who just says, if like when you, when you pull Deontay's string, you know this. When you pull his string and let him go, there's going to be all kinds of word salad. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Cause you don't like I don't know what Deontay's talking about. Sometimes it starts one place and it goes somewhere else. That's Bomb Squad, baby. And you're like, what? Okay, cool. So with somebody like a Deontay or some of these celebrities or some of these public figures, give them time. Because yeah, we need your voice, but please collect your thoughts and do it in a concise manner that it makes sense. Because if you go too far, yeah, can't reel it back in. Once the toothpaste is out the tube, you can't put it back in. So. I'm not going to condemn, condemn him yet. I'm going to give him a little bit of time. That is fair. I, I just want to hear something from him. I don't care when. And maybe, you know, we're, we're a couple days into this. But again, 
That's like me checking your timeline and not seeing anything about it. I mean, that that's me, though. After five days, right? But that's the platform. That's the stance. That's the order you've created. Well, but but that's me, though, in the order I've created is not only is like, like I have a track record of doing these things, but I've also... That's my presence on social media. Dante doesn't really have a presence like that on social media where he's speaking about black issues all the time. If he did, then I would say something. So when you look at somebody like a Deontay Wilder or you look at somebody like a Dave Chappelle or a Most Def or a Chris Rock or an Eddie Murphy, like if you look at these celebrities, Kevin Hart, like I'm talking about actors or Will Smith or whoever, if they're not actively tweeting as it is, I can't expect them to just start tweeting about this. If they were, then they set a precedent of what I should be expecting when something like this happens. Deontay hasn't done that. So I'm not going to be critical of him unless he, like I said, unless he starts post, posting pictures of like his car and his motorcycles and <laughs> in the gym. Yeah. Then I would be like, yo, you got time for this, but you ain't got time for that? He's not posting. Nah, anything. he went completely radio silent. Yeah, yeah, so I can accept that. That's cool. Like, that's cool. Just if he was doing something else, I'd be like, yo. Then I'd be like, yo, man, like, were you just kind of using blackness for like propaganda? Then I question it, but not right now. I'm a, like, he hasn't said anything. He, he has some time. All right. I'm just keeping my eye on that shit. I'll tell you this one. I got an eye on his timeline. Um, but you, you mentioned that. It, it's a good point because before today, I could have said the same thing about Floyd Mayweather. But then TMZ gets a report, and then we confirm it at ESPN, and I'm reporting about it. And it's, you know, Floyd Mayweather is paying for the funeral of George Floyd. I think a funeral and like four viewings or whatever, like per se, I don't know. I've never been to a funeral. I've been to one in my entire life. And that's like a friend's sister who died. But there's like viewings in several cities where he's lived and his family lives. And then one funeral. Mayweather's footing the bill for all of it and wanted to keep it quiet until the TMZ report came out. So there are people doing stuff in the background where we might not see it in public. And Floyd Mayweather is one of those people. So I was like, that that's a great gesture by him. And I guess he does this quite often, according to Leonard Ellerby. Yeah, he does. He just doesn't want any of the credit for it, which is cool. I get it, I, I guess, but maybe it leans towards what you just said. Maybe it's like, but then it's expected every time. So let me just do my thing. Yeah, like, So here, here it is with Floyd, and I'm going to bring this back around with a lot of these celebrities and how you can help full circle. So, yeah, Floyd has done things like this in the past. And I, I think I mentioned this last week. You know, just because he does something doesn't take away the things that he's done before, right? So he sees this because, yeah, he's, like, supported Trump. You know, he said that. Like, he was like, I'm about my money. And kneeling for the anthem, he condemned Colin Kaepernick. But he's paying for George Floyd's funeral, which is a big deal. And it got out there, and people know about it. And that's Floyd's way of giving back. We have to accept that, and we have to acknowledge it, and we have to appreciate it, because he doesn't have to. And yes, he does do this quite often, and it just completely flies under the radar. That's his way of giving back. Now, could he give back in other ways or avoid other things that completely contradict the person that we would like to see? Yeah, but everybody can't be Ali because there's only one Muhammad Ali. So this is what Floyd does. Cool. Floyd... I don't think any of us really want Floyd to speak out on these issues. Because if you've no, heard Floyd no. talk, this is, no, this is like not even really true disrespect to Floyd. He's not a good public speaker. Like, yeah. if anybody listened to that, that Drink Champs interview, it wasn't good. 
Floyd's not a, he's not a talker. His comfort is in the gym because that's what he's been doing since he was two years old. Hitting a bag. Hitting mitts and then hitting people. <laughs> one way or another. But that's what he's used to doing. So it's like when he gives, takes the money that he earned and he uses it for that, we should go, cool, yeah. Because then people go, well, why don't you say something, Floyd? That ain't his thing. And I don't want it. It's not. It's not a thing. So, so to bring this full circle, when you look at somebody like Floyd, you look at somebody like Randy Orton or Taylor Swift or, you know, anybody. The only way that a lot of things are going to change in this country is, actually, I'll preface it with this. If anybody saw the video, like, I retweeted and it went around, of the two black men arguing and then the, the guy mostly turns to the 16-year-olds like, you have to do something different because this shit ain't working. I don't know mm-hmm. how many people saw that video. But it made me think because doesn't mean when people say protests don't work no they do work but they, we need to do more and we need to diversify our approach to how to change this country because yes you have to have emotional outrage if they're not listening to you you have to force them to listen but now we have to find other ways to diversify Floyd's paying for a funeral Randy said something that could be rallying wrestlers uh, you know Taylor Swift maybe rallying this white community who never paid attention to Black Lives Matter in the first place we need more attorneys. We need more judges. We need people who understand the legal process, like I talked about in depth last week. It needs to be a multifaceted approach to change, and it can't be just one thing. So if anybody out there goes, I'm tired of March. I ain't doing that shit no more. That's not the answer. That is never going to be the answer. The answer needs to be, I may not march, but I'm going to do this, and I'm going to link with these people so we can cover it from all angles. Because a football team doesn't win because just because that's a bit great running back. Or a quarterback. You need an O-line. You need receivers. You need an offensive coordinator. You need a head coach. You need all these things. You got to have a stellar defense. You need all these things to win. And protesting is just the quarterback. That's no, not even the quarterback. It's like the O-line. Pushing forward. That's it. We need more. But you can't get rid of the O-line because then the quarterback's exposed and he gets killed. <laughs> yeah. So you need all these things to move and what we haven't necessarily done, and I think that's where that video hit me so hard, is we can't just do this. I got to be educated about the legal process to make a change here. Or as a media member like myself, I make it my purpose to tell these stories so you can understand our perspectives a little bit better without being angry all the time. There's a way, a nuanced way to have conversations with white people about black issues without blame, feel, making them feel like they're being blamed so they tune us out. There's a way to do that. But we got to attack it from all angles. So, Floyd, you're playing, f- paying for the funeral? Cool. Don't go, Floyd. I need you to public speak now. Because would you tell the fucking quarterback to return kicks? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> he plays his goddamn role, and that's his role. Let him do yeah. that. Appreciate it. Don't condemn him for it. You may want more, but don't expect more. And if you get more, appreciate it. That's it. But you, <laughs> be clear when I say all this, because when we talk about like the Kanye's and Lil Wayne's and everything else, that does not absolve them of all any of the bullshit they do outside of this. They need to be checked on that too. But when it comes to these particular issues, appreciate what you get. Don't put them on an island. Accept them. Hold them accountable if they say they're going to do more. If they, if they say, man, this is all I'm going to do. That's it. Accept it. Be like, cool. Don't turn it back. Accept it and embrace it. All right. And like you said, if everyone takes your advice then we'll be in a great spot. But we'll see who talks up, who doesn't, puts their foot in their mouth. By the time we record our next show and our shows later in the week, 
Thank you guys for supporting us. Thank you guys for staying strong. Stay safe out there. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore me at Cal Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. Until next week, though, we're out. Peace. On the-